Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 61 of A. Thompson and Other Disappointments. This one is a uh, it's a fuck this week edition, um, which if you've not listened to these before, is just me sort of uh, going through news stories from the week, trying to make sense of the senseless. And uh, sometimes I talk about UK politics and other times uh, I look across the pond and see if anything of note or interest is happening over that way. Uh, this one caught my eye. This is on CNN's website at the moment. Uh, it's uh, it's a news story. It took place in Florida, just outside Tampa, I believe. And the headline is, uh, After eight years, a retired Florida police captain will stand trial for killing a man in an argument about texting in a movie theatre. Right? This, is, this is... Let me just play that back to you for a second. Right, so eight eight years ago... A retired Florida police captain, a captain, so quite senior, uh, shot a guy in a cinema in Florida, uh, in, like off the back of an argument that he got into there. Um, so it's it's again pure Americana, isn't it? It's I fucking love these news stories. I really do. Like this is the kind of shit that we like. Forget Ukraine. Forget people starving and selling their babies in Afghanistan, or the fact that Labour just went pro drug criminalization which is just fucking balmy like how can you how can you be as famously forensic as Keir Starmer and then go yeah I don't care what the stats say or the research you know let's just crack on the <laughs> like his aide would be like the war on drugs has failed Keir and he's like no I just think it's like, I don't know some wars take time you know like and then, and then his aide would be like, I think you need to go to Portugal. And Starmer's like, I think you need to go fuck yourself. You know, and just shut it straight down. It's just completely not willing to look at it like a, a sane, rational human being. And, uh, and, you know, like much is said about politicians supporting the war on drugs while they're close to power. Like when they are a home secretary... Uh, or, or they want to be conservative party leader or, or whatever, uh, they're all, at that point, drugs are evil and, and that's why we're jailing you, you, you fucking amoral pothead, which is obviously ridiculous. And then, and then once they've resigned, or if they're sort of like renegades within their own party, um, well, then, then they will speak openly about drug legalisation. And you should read Ian Dunt's stuff about that because uh, he lays out clear examples of Tories like... Theresa May and William Hague or Labour ministers like Jackie Smith who harden their stances on drugs against all the research analysis and scientific advice it's all drugs are a scourge and, and we've got to show that we won't tolerate them in our society or, or your front bench uh in our society you know like they when when they when they have some desire to be powerful or they want to be prime minister or they want to be home secretary or they are sec home secretary, they get very anti-drugs, very pro-drug criminalisation. And then once they've left power, they're able to adopt a more liberal, uh, pragmatic approach. Um, and, uh, you know, at that point, then they're like, yeah, what a, what a disaster. The war on drugs has always been. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I'm out of office. Uh, anyway, where's where's my book deal? You know, like then they're able to, to speak credibly about it once they've left the office in which they were able to affect change. Like, do we really do we think that Keir forensic with the details Starmer truly believes the war on drugs is the best way to manage drug use in the UK? 
because I don't think he does. <laughs> I think he knows it's a monumental operational and, and societal failure for everyone it touches, whether it's your cousin getting busted with weed and ending up with a criminal record that now precludes their employment in the city, or if it's kids getting caught up in county lines operations or hookers selling themselves for heroin cash or teenagers dying from some dodgy recipe fentanyl. I think, I think Keir Starmer knows the policy fosters all of that. But that he's calculated that Middle England, if they're going to entertain the possibility of a Labour leader, they would want him or her to show that they were a little bit conservative with a small C, you know. And and this is where the accusations of Blairism come in, I suppose. You know, uh, tough on crime, tough on the causes of crime. That was his thing, I recall. And so for Starmer to make headway, maybe he thinks he has to be tough on crime, tough on drugs... The only problem is for him that most people, Middle England included, do not believe the war on drugs is an effective way to go. (laughs) Most people. In fact, it's actually the opposite. Like in YouGov's poll in October, it said that 60% of people think drug criminalisation is completely ineffective. Six in ten. Six in ten people that you know that I know, they all agree that the status quo is shit. And yet Keir Starmer's Labour is hitching it, like hitching to it. Like, yes, this. so I think this is a vote winner. <laughs> like, I want to like Starmer's Labour Party. And I think electorally I support them, you know, just to get the Tories out. And then, like, you know, once they're in power, then you lobby for a change in policy. But, I mean, six in ten people across Tory and Labour voters all saying that the war on drugs is shit, mate. That is not a mandate for more jailed junkies and ruined lives, is it? It's just, it's just fucking not. Um, anyway, look, going way off on a tangent there, uh, uh, as always. Uh, let's get back to this story. So uh, the headline I mentioned, after eight years, a retired Florida police captain will stand trial for killing a man in an argument about texting in a movie theatre. It's... uh. It's like, I know it's not funny, you know, it's not funny when somebody loses their life. I get that. Um, Unless it is. Sometimes it is kind of funny. Uh, And I'm I'm sorry to say this is one of those occasions. Um, It says uh, a 79 year old man is finally standing trial this week, eight years after he fatally shot a man who was texting in a Florida movie theatre. I did an episode of this a few weeks back, you know, like where I took the piss out of a guy who sprayed bullets into a motel because they'd asked him to put out his his cigarette indoors three times. Like that was an example of the Americana nightmare that we all have to deal with in the news every other week now. Like something stupid happens and it's always related to this inability to manage gun ownership. My favourite ones, if you could describe a story about fatalities... In those terms. Oh, yeah, it's it's my favourite murder of them all. You know, my favourite ones are where somebody buys a gun that shouldn't. Some gun advocate who's all over YouTube piping his civil rights and right to bear arms. And he's a responsible gun owner. And why should I give up my guns? I'm a responsible gun owner. Just because you namby-pamby Gen Z motherfuckers can't control yourselves don't mean the rest of us responsible gun owners should have to give up on our guns. You know. And then it turns out that he is a responsible gun owner, except for when he finds out his wife has been fucking his friend 
And then he suffers some sort of psychotic episode and unlocks the safe and grabs the guns and murders them both and accidentally kills the guy's cousin and dog in the process. And like they're the best ones because you can sit, you can sit here from your judgmental armchair in safe, gunless, largely gunless Britain. And you can look on like, yeah, you seem reasonable and you just want to protect your family. But, you know, then what if, what if your wife fucks your son's friend, Todd, and you get home early from work? Are you not going to pick up the gun? (laughs) Really? You see your wife sucking off your son's friend or something like these are real. I know it sounds like outrageous, but these are real situations that do happen. They're messed up and different families are weird and fucked up stuff happens. And then because there's a gun there, it, it takes a horrible 90 degree turn. But if you if you explain stuff like this to people like that, where they're like, I'm a reasonable, responsible gun owner. Why do I have to give up my guns? They would never entertain that such a scenario could ever take place or, or touch them and their family. It would be beyond uh, the, the periphery of reasonable like scenarios that they should have to entertain like if you tabled that situation to them as a realistic scenario where reasonable men who would never think that they would murder someone would indeed lose their shit pick up a gun and murder two people like all you would get back is what did you say about my wife (laughs) you said my wife is gonna do what you know like they would just you like and then you'd be like oh it doesn't it doesn't matter just just let it happen, you know, end up with an idiot jailed and removed from society. And plus his wife is obviously a cunt. So all in, it's probably a net positive for everyone else. <laughs> That's a horrible thing to say, isn't it? Back uh, back to the story, though. So this guy shoots a man for texting in a cinema. Uh, the story says, this is, as I said, on, on CNN. Uh, opening statements began Monday in the trial of Curtis Reeves, who has pleaded not guilty to second degree murder and aggravated battery in the killing of Chad Olson in January 2014. It says uh, the gain uh, the gain, the case garnered widespread attention at the time of the killing, in part due to the defendant's self-defense claim, self-defense under Florida's controversial stand your ground law. The claim was ultimately denied by a judge who said after two weeks of pre-trial testimony in 2017, the law did not apply in this case, forcing it to trial. Like, what the fuck even is that? Stand your ground in this scenario. Like, they must have been really... The lawyer for this must have been stressed the fuck out. You know, like, I've got, oh, I've got to think of something. I've got to... Have, oh, what can we use? And they're like, oh, just, just try... Just try stand your ground. Like, Really? <laughs> Stand your ground for like he shot a guy in a cinema because he didn't like his texting. (laughs) You know, like it's like if you try if you try and put put yourself into the situation and the guy's like, yeah, could you not could you not text, please? I'm trying to watch Spider-Man. And this guy's like, fuck off, you dickhead. Like, what would your reaction be? (laughs) would, Would it even occur to you? Be like, well, that's it. I guess I can stand my ground now using my semi-automatic killing machine like how is this normal how is this a normal set of decisions and repercussions and shit america is fucking nuts batshit but uh but yeah let's let's continue it says uh, the trial comes after years of delays 
CNN affiliate WFTS has attributed to various motions, pre-trial hearings, and then the COVID-19 pandemic. So it's been delayed and delayed and delayed. An attorney for Olson, the victim's wife, uh, who was injured in the shooting, but survived, called the delays embarrassing. I think I would, yeah, I'd kick off. If somebody murdered my partner and it took eight fucking years and it was this, you know, I mean, you would, you would call, you'd be upset. How can something as cut and dry as this guy shot this motherfucker in a cinema for something as stupid as texting? He admits it and his defence is, I was standing my ground. How can that take almost a decade to get to trial? It's fucking, I, I don't understand. Uh, but you know what they would say? They'd be like, well, this is a, this is a complex case, son. R- like, really? <laughs> Does it? Doesn't feel like it. Um, maybe there's more to it. I don't know. Let's let's get into it. Let's see what happened. Uh, so CNN is saying Reeves initially claimed he shot Olsen in self-defense when the two got into an argument over Olsen texting during a screening of Lone Survivor in a Wesley Chappie movie. Cha- sorry, in a Wesley Chapel movie theatre outside Tampa. Uh, so he originally claimed self-defence. Uh, Olsen's wife has said he was texting their daughter's babysitter. Oh, God, that doesn't read good. He's texting in a cinema, which is, that's a bit rude, right? But Reeves, who's the ex-police officer, the ex-police captain, then 71, confronted Olsen about texting during the previews during like prior to the movie so this wasn't even in the actual movie this wasn't really disrupting anything this asshole was just like hey you're fucking up the narrative of the pizza hut advert for me <laughs> you're ruining the cinematic experience of the trailer for fast and furious 11 put your phone away like who gives a shit it's the trailers it's the adverts so this is when it took place is this guy's texting the babysitter of his child which is presumably look i'm a dad i know how fucking precious it is to get a night out to get a date night with your partner to just go out and to like you're gonna check in on the baby everything all right is everything cool are they in bed they woken up you can treat yourself to snacks okay yeah just let me know blah 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 he's probably doing it just before the movie in the previews to make sure that he doesn't disturb anyone in the movie like he's probably gonna turn his phone on silent that seems like a plausible scenario to me right and uh and this motherfucker this ex-police captain this is what gets me, man. You always imagine that to hire a policeman and to promote one to a captain, you would imagine they would have to have a certain personality type where they are patient and understanding and considered, like they take into account everything that's going on around them, you know? But it doesn't it doesn't feel like that was the case with this, does it? Um, so they... They they kicked off a little bit at each other in, in the movie previews. And then it says Reeves left and complained to a theatre employee. And when Reeves returned to his seat, he and Olsen argued. And then Olsen, the victim again, uh, threw a bag of popcorn at Reeves. <laughs> the complaint says, at which point Reeves, a former police captain, took out a handgun and fired, fatally wounding Olsen, who was taken to hospital where he died. And Olsen's wife, Nicole, was shot in the hand. So let's like let's regroup for a sec. The guy's texting in the trailers. The police captain, ex-police captain, sorry, has a go at him. Goes and gets a cinema employee. And then when he comes back, the guy kicks off again. Throws a bag of popcorn at him. And in response to that, threat to his life. That no doubt very scary bag of popcorn. 
the ex-police captain pulls out his gun like, wow, that's what's happened. And now, look, we can we can play devil's advocate here a bit, I guess. You know, let's let's try and implement a uh, a generous interpretation here. It's a dark cinema. The guy reaches for something to throw at the ex-captain. Like maybe the ex-captain, it says he's now 71. Uh, eyesight is bad or something. Mistakes the guy reaching for the popcorn or reaching for something for a weapon. And, and so then he goes with his gut and, you know, pa -pa 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 boom, you're dead. Uh, maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Uh, but here's the thing, like none of that needed to happen. Even if his eyesight is bad. Like, how are you still carrying a gun? Why are you still carrying a gun around to the cinema? You're retired. You've got cataracts in both your eyes or some shit. You're like, oh, f fuck it. I got to carry my 22. I'm sure this won't end badly. <laughs> you know, where is the common sense? Where is people's like self-awareness with this stuff? Boom. That's it. Game over. It's like I imagine these situations where, you know, these these. I think in every other facet of their life, reasonable men, probably normal, sane men, men get into situations like this. And it's like, pap, 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 and then, you know, cop cars turn up and ambulances and then they start asking him questions like, what, like, what the fuck happened? And he's like, I thought it was a gun. <laughs> like, it, it was a water pistol, Curtis. <laughs> he's like, but he, he yelled, uh, die motherfucking pig cunt as he pulled it. They're like, he was four years old and the gun was bright pink. Like, how did you mistake that? I, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, it's like when you put people into stressful situations and there's guns around and they're scared of the guns that are around, but they also have a gun. It, people make st quick, stupid decisions. And this is the thing. It doesn't matter how much of a responsible gun owner you are. Or how few incidents you've ever, like, I've never seen any bad incidents. I've never heard of anything happening in my whole life. So uh, I, that makes me a safe gun owner. It's just idiots that fuck it up for the rest of it. Like, it doesn't matter how many of those boxes you tick or don't tick. It's like, this shit can happen to you and your family and your mates any fucking day of the week. And it does happen to people every day of the week. Like, how... Did he go to this move like this? It's a little bit weird, a little bit left field. But do you reckon this guy just got too into the movie? <laughs> like the idea of the movie. I know he's watching the previews, but like, you know how you'd go dress up as Superman when you were a kid and you went to the cinema to see Superman 4? You know, you'd wear your Superman outfit like, yeah, I'm really into so I'll be Superman. You be Spider-Man. We'll go and watch Superman 4. Yeah. You dress up and you go in. Like, this movie that they were watching was called Lone Survivor, which is about three fucking Navy SEALs sent to locate a Taliban leader set in Afghanistan. Like, did, did this guy just go, oh, fuck it, let's, let's get into this? You know, like, like a sort of shit uh, consumer version of method acting, you know? Method acting, like where they actually become the character for like a day or a week or a month before shooting. So they're really, they really commit to it. Method acting. But now this is like method consumerism where, <laughs> well, if I'm going to go and watch Lone Survivor, I don't see how I can do that unless I, I really get into character for it. You know, I imagine him getting dressed before he's like, leave it like strapping, <laughs> strapping guns and like ammo around him. Like his poor exhausted wife is like, where? 
look, where the fuck are you going? All tooled up like that. And he's like, I'm going to see the new Lone Survivor thing. I thought I'd dress up a bit. And she's like, oh, God. Fight. Like, why, did, why does it have to be loaded, Curtis? Why? It's fucking... I mean, this is the shit that happens as a direct result of people saying, like, I keep it with me all times. I'm licensed. It's fine. I've got a right to protect myself. And then two idiots get into an argument because a bunch of senators take money from the NRA. So they're legislatively neutered from putting controls in. Someone has to grow up fatherless. It is so fucked. And you know what's wild is like, I bet a healthy chunk of the people who shit their tits over big farmer, like big corporate farmer have DC in their pocket and they're happy to harm American people. A big chunk of those same people remain willfully ignorant that big corporate NRA actually have DC in their pocket and Americans die every fucking day. And the same people are like, what? I, I like my gun. <laughs> it's kind of like the cognitive dissonance required to adopt those same two positions is really something anyway this story goes on um it says uh, reeves and his attorneys have argued that olsen threw a cell phone at reeves head and was aggressively leaning over a chair toward him uh when the shooting occurred in pre-trial hearings in 2017 uh oh wait sorry i'm reading that sentence completely fucked See, now, you know, like sometimes I get comments from people saying like, have you not done like news reading? Have you not done journalism? Have you not done like I could definitely see now, you know why? Because I just get I fumble my words and uh, I start reading a sentence as though it's part of the previous sentence. I'm like, oh, fuck, there's a full stop and five commas in between. Anyway, let, let me start that again for you. Sorry. Reeves and his attorneys have argued that Olsen threw a cell phone at Reeves head. So that's not great. And was aggressively leaning over a chair toward him when the shooting occurred. Full stop. <laughs> in pre-trial hearings in 2017, over his stand your ground defence, Reeves testified he perceived, in inverted commas, Olsen was about to punch him. Uh, and in audio that prosecutors played in the court, uh, Reeves was talking to detectives shortly after the shooting. And he said, if I had to do it over again, it would never have happened. I wouldn't have moved, but you you don't get do-overs. That's what he says. Um, I like the fact they've said perceived there. I perceived that he was about to punch me, so I shot him. Uh, and that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? That, this is why I think America is so fucked. And look, I, I love Americans. I've met and adored many Americans in my life. Uh, but America as a sort of geopolitical entity and a domestic political entity, I think is just fucked. Like speaking as a Brit, when we used to like when we grew up watching uh, American TV shows and American movies, it seemed like the coolest fucking place on the planet. Yeah, when I'm older, I'm going to move to America. That's yeah, I might become an American cop in Los Angeles. Yeah, I fucking love it. And then when you get older, you're like, I'm so glad I don't live there. That country is a fucking basket case. It's like (laughs) like I I I don't want to disrespect anyone because I I. If you're patriotic about your country and you hope for it to be better and improve, then that's great. I wish you the best. But I'm just saying, like, my experience, my perception as a, a goddamn limey across the pond is that I you could not pay me to fucking live in the United States. Um, mind you, nobody's banging down my door begging me to live there. So I guess we're, we're, we're all good there. Uh, equals, equals. Uh, but it does seem like 
It's so drunk on gun ownership and gun culture. Like, it's baked into millions of people that guns are just there. And it's a cultural thing. It's almost religious. And, and, and so they can't... Like, it's ideological. It's just baked in. It would never occur to them that it could be any different kind of way. Or they would see that that sort of drastic change as a threat, as a, an insult to their culture, you know? Um, and I think it's that kind of ideo ideological... Uh, mindset that then prevents them from from being able to see the wood from the trees kind of thing you know like when you think a cop who has presumably worked with guns his entire career and been faced with like how many hundreds or thousands of similar situations to that where they've had to jail normal reasonable people who just had the wrong set of circumstances lined up like where I, I mean, look, we've all we've all read the news stories where it's like a captain of the basketball team who found his dad's gun and just wanted to threaten some other jock who'd been calling him gay a bit. And oops, the safety was off, off and, and, and he dropped it and it fired and bam, now he's jailed for 20 years. You know, one kid's dead. Another one is in jail for two, like two families ruined over something fucking ridiculous. Or, or a woman who worked at Best Buy who who misread the situation and thought a black dude in, in a tracksuit with a hoodie up was reaching for his wallet and was about to pull a gun. And so she shot him up. And now again, bam, one guy dead. Family mourning ruined. She goes to jail. Her family ruined. Like It's just the wrong set of circumstances over and over again, like daily. Someone gets their fucking head blown off. And like, how many times would that police captain have seen that and experienced that? So you would think he, of all people, would be like, OK, Curtis, this feels like a tense situation. So just don't go firing off your gun and, you know, like be considered, be self-aware, take a minute. And even that guy hasn't learned to try and stay cool, to not jump to conclusions, to not just reach for your gun and, you know, and it says like, uh, what's that line in it? It says, uh, Reeves testified he perceived Olsen was about to punch him. He perceived he was about to punch him. Like, so here's an interesting question. Should you have the right to shoot someone in the fucking head if they punch you? Like, throw perceived out of the window. If they do genuinely punch you, do you think you have the right to end their life? Because I don't know if you should. <laughs> I don't know if it's up to us to take away someone's entire life and devastate their family just because they punched you. I know that seems... Uh, I'm going to get called all kinds of fucking lily-livered, liberal, libtard, lefty cunt bollocks, like, off the back of saying that, but I don't think... Like, how is that in any way near to proportionate? <laughs> Someone punches you and you go, right, that's your life gone. Your entire life gone. Like, I could take a punch from someone and not want to shoot them. I feel quite confident saying that. I mean, that's not an invitation. It's not like, ah, if, if, we, if we punch Aid in the face and give him a black eye, he won't kill us. Like, I mean, I won't kill you, but don't take that as... I'll, I'll, I'll make it hurt still. Um, I don't know. Maybe that says more about me and my self-esteem. <laughs> like, I'd, I'd take a punch and just assume that, like... Like, I don't know. Should I get deep in this... Oh, fuck it. Let's just get deep. But it does like, like if you take a punch and just assume that you deserved it, <laughs> like it's like that sort of what's that adage about? Like if you kick a dog once, he'll get angry. But if you kick a dog a 100 times, he'll assume that he deserved it. It's some, something like that, isn't it? 
Um, it's, uh, you know, like, what would your reaction be, you, as a, as a listener to this fucking podcast? What would your reaction be if a stranger came up to you in the street and punched you in the face? Honestly, think about that scenario. What would your reaction be if a stranger came up to you in the street and just lamped you in the face? Because I would assume I had done something bad to deserve it. <laughs> I don't think that's normal, is it? I don't think that says great things about my mental health. Does it? I think it's a, probably some sort of reflection of my self-worth. I think most people would go, hey, what the fuck? I'm going to beat the shit out of this angry, volatile man for thinking it was OK to assault me. But for me, I'd be like, which episode of my successive box sets of my life of me being a fucking piece of shit is this payback for? <laughs> like, if it, you know, like, oh, I, I definitely deserve this. Like, if it, and even if it wasn't explicitly payback for something I specifically did... I would assume it was the universe, like, vaguely dishing some karma my way for something, for some bad thought I'd had. But what, what even is that? Why is that my default setting, psychologically, that I'm like, I'm just a fundamentally shit person and I deserve to be assaulted? You know, like, why? Where does that come from? I don't know, man. Anyway, look, there comes a time in these solo episodes where we meet in that sweet spot. Uh, between expressing views on current affairs and me having some sort of emotional breakdown. And I think, you know, I think we're, I think we're there with this one. Like, I don't know where I don't know where talking into a microphone stops and therapy therapy sessions start. But I think we are in that sort of neighborhood now at this moment. So I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I'll just say thank you so much for listening. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Aid Thompson. Uh, the podcast has its own Twitter account, which is at Oh Shut Up Aid. Um, or actually, I always get confused. Is it Oh Shut Up Aid or is it at and other disappointments? Either way, I'm sure you can find me on there. Uh, I've got a Patreon where all of the new episodes go first. So if you want to check that out, please uh, check out patreon.com slash aid thompson uh and i will catch up with you on friday night this week when i'm interviewing uh natalie finn from e-news online and we're going to be talking about trump his return to the republican party we're going to be talking about populism and whether we are actually sliding into some sort of authoritarian fascist nightmare or is it just the same as it always has been like where we always think that this next general election is the fight for America, America's soul. This is your last chance, you know, like that sort of rhetoric. Oh, is it, is it just always like this? Or is that visceral fear that sits in all of our tummies where we're like, it feels like we're sliding into dictatorships right now. Is that actually justified? So that's going to be a really fascinating conversation. I'm super psyched to be talking to her. Um, and yeah, join us for that live on the YouTube stream, 7.30 Friday night. Uh, until then, speak to you all soon. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>